You're listening to a DM podcast. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Likes. Um, it is your host, Amy Gerard, and I am joined today by a wonderful, I'm going to call you a friend, right? Yeah. We've graduated to friends, started as Instagram friends, and now we're more than that, right? Well, I said I love you yesterday. My husband was like, what just happened? I think I said I love you back. I know. If you you say I love you, you're going to get it back from me. It just came instantly. Uh, It's nice. It was a nice, it's a nice way to finish a phone call. Sorry, your name, Sarah Chondros. Oh, she nailed it. But wait, if you're Greek, how do you say it? Chondros. Chondros. Wait, um, I may have got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah and I actually connected over Instagram. We do have a mutual friend in common, Lise, and you have a hairdressing salon down in Melbourne. Correct. And I feel like we really kind of connected throughout COVID. Is is COVID something that really... Um, took you guys out of business for a while? Like, did that really hit you hard? Especially because you were down in Melbourne as well. I feel like that state got absolutely... Hammered. Hammered, right? Yeah, Yeah, I feel like Australia doesn't really... Like, you talk about it to other states and they're like, yeah, whatevs. And we are trauma. We are (laughs) traumatised. You have PTSD. Yeah, so we're coming out of it and we're like, yeah, well, you didn't do what we went through. But, yeah, I think as a business owner, people often are shocked with how blasé I talk about it now because yeah. I've just pushed that down. Like, I don't want to swear, but that motherfucker can go yeah. down. <laughs> you need to bury that shit. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a, as a bad memory, right? Right, yeah. I feel like it's going to be so funny. I feel like when, like, our children have kids, they're probably going to do, like, history lessons about COVID, right? Like, we would do, talk about, like, polio and stuff. I remember learning about polio in school. And, like, yes. our grandkids will probably learn all about COVID. Ah, uh, hello. My daughter thinks the garbage man was like her friend to say hello to. I know. She wanted me to buy her garbage trucks. Oh, oh no. That was her first toy. Like, because that's, that's what she saw, trucks and cars. I know. That's how long, it. How long was Melbourne locked down for? Uh, nearly two and a half, three, yeah, two years. Fuck. Yeah, if you think about it in a whole, on and off, mm. but... Yeah, we didn't live for two two and a half years, I feel. I just remember when we kind of started getting little tastes of freedom. Every time, like, Melbourne would take, like, one step forward and then, like, five steps backwards. And, like, oh, You guys were, I like, just... bounding. I was like, come on, stop it, let us out. Let us out. I and was, how... I was resenting Lisa for the yes. test. Sometimes I was like, whatever, open the salon. I was like, <laughs> if you need to stop following me or mute me, you do what you have to do, right? Um, so talk to me as a business owner, how did that, because obviously you're, it, you own your own hairdressing salon, Sarah J and Co. Yes. Fucking S- nailed it. Again. It's, it's SJ and Co. Oh, no. <laughs> it used to be Sarah Jade once upon oh, a time. So you okay. were there. You were there. Is your middle name Jade? Yes. Okay, lovely. Yeah. Whereabouts in Melbourne are you? So I'm in an area called Northcote. Yep. So we were in Brunswick yep. for 10 years prior, 10 oh, plus, yep. which is just around the corner, 10 minutes. Um, and we relocated six months prior to oh. COVID. And you're probably relocating, hoping to get all that foot traffic and oh, all the yeah, surrounding all the things. All the things. Oh, God. And I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we locked down a month after 
uh, I think it was January I had Maya and then we locked down in March. Wait, so January had Maya and then you've locked out in March. So Maya is a full-time COVID baby. Like 100%. A, she, she has post-trauma. There's yes. things, people walk into the, like she'll walk into a room and like not want to speak to anyone and yes. people are like, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Well, no, there's nothing wrong with her. She just went through a lot and she doesn't know what it's like to walk into rooms. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I've actually got a girlfriend of mine whose kid was born in the, like a month after COVID started. And same thing, like you got to realise like, when I had Charlie and stuff, I was she was past the parcel. She was getting yeah. passed around. We were at barbecues and socialising, and so she's always been around that. She's familiar with it. Um, and my girlfriend, she had her daughter in the middle of COVID, and she didn't see anyone for, yeah, it's, for it's, ages. You don't so, think about it in in it. And now later it. on, I look at other mums. I'm like, oh, you, you get me, you get yeah. me. We just give each other the eye across <laughs> the room, like my kid runs away from people too. <laughs> They don't know how to say hello. They don't oh, want to. Of course. Well, they were just locked down. They just had you and your husband the yeah. whole time. Yeah, and she's done really well to come yeah. out of that. But as a business, yes. um, it was hard. So how many staff did you have at the time? So Brunswick, we had 14, and mm. then we moved mm-hmm. to um, Northcote. And in Northcote, I downsized to four yeah, staff, wow. which was massive, which I was so excited about. I I'd like had this plan and, you know, we were meant to only come over with three, but we stayed with four yep. plus me. And then, um, yeah, COVID hit and I ended up with just one staff member by the <gasps> end of it and myself. And because you can't really, as a hairdresser, when you're really client facing, there's it's not even like you can offer other services. Like, funnily enough, I was actually almost not more busier, but I feel like that's where my role as a content creator kind of really stepped up a notch. Like I think I was tuning into you because I needed to live through you. Yeah, well, it's my spirit animal. I was like, oh, my God, I need this woman in my house. (laughs) Well, it was so funny. I was um, saying to a girlfriend, I actually had to go back through my old stories and I had to find – I was looking for something. I must have shared something and I remember being like, oh, it was back in COVID. And I was looking through all my old stories and I was just flicking through. It was back in 2020 or halfway through 2020. And I was watching that. Obviously, my kids were a lot younger then, but I was like, wow, like I used to be really funny. Like obviously because there was nothing to do. (laughs) And so like we were just at home. So I... I was like, let's try and find the humour to these situations. But also my kids were driving me mental. But I was on there and, like, Bobby would be streaking and Kobe would be running around nude and (laughs) Kobe was in a big boy bed but was never sleeping in it. And I feel like by me sharing just the trivial bullshit that goes on in ho- in the home life, it kind of kept me relatively sane. <laughs> and I feel like it was maybe somewhat entertaining for other people, especially people in Melbourne who hadn't even seen the sun in like bloody <laughs> a year or something, right? <laughs> but it's, so what I was trying to say is the social element and working with brands kind of kicked up a notch because I could do it from home. Yeah. But as a hairdresser. It was hard. Just FYI, if anyone is looking for a fantastic hairdresser. Sarah is your girl. So it's just you and one other staff member. Jason, we are currently looking for someone else. Oh, you want like a senior stylist? Yes, please. Colorist. Sen- sen- yes. Is that what you asked for? A colorist or a stylist? Yeah, or a, we, just... we are predominantly colorist now. We used to be everything yep. and we've just honed in on what we're, we love and what we want to spend the rest of our lives doing and yeah. that's color work and styling. Yeah, so, yeah. So talk me how you went from 14 down to four. Was that a a decision you've chosen to do? Yes. Um, mm. I just found like 
how do I put it, my ego had taken over and I thought I had to be this big, amazing salon that mm-hmm. was making all this money, could attend all these things, could show everyone. It was all in my head, you know, yep. no one really cared who the F I was, <laughs> um, you know, like, but it's this industry that is about the show and, yep. you know, I... Once I honed that in and George gave me the lectures, yep. he pretty much said, are you 16 years old yeah. or are you 30? Like, But, yeah, I was – it wasn't really George that made it. And made, he actually triggered me going, what am I doing? And it was interesting because once I got rid of all the staff mm-hmm. and started focusing on my why, my how, um, you know, my regret of how I've probably treated people over the years – in that egotistic person I was and actually I saw someone about it and let, you know, let all my feelings out and worked on me, um, I fell pregnant. Oh, wow. Naturally. Oh, wow. And we had a 1% chance. Really? That's so interesting. And I I think, I don't think it's just in hairdressing. I think it's in any field. Like even girlfriends of mine, they've got fashion labels, right? And it's all about, they almost... um, they see, especially on like socials and right, like it's about how many followers they have and what um, people are wearing, like what big influencers are wearing their brands. And it's almost like they view that as a sign of success Yes, where it's, it's got nothing to do with that. They have been successful and they're doing just as many uh, and turning over just as much profit, even when they had one quarter of the amount of followers and X, Y, and Z people weren't wearing their clothes. Like it does, it becomes an ego thing and it becomes a measurement of success when in fact it's not that at all. No, and I really had to take a step back Mm. and realise that. Yeah. I actually think back going how and where did I find the time to do that? Again, my girlfriend in fashion, she's got like, I think it's about 12 different staff members and half of her job is just managing the different personalities and the emotions because predominantly female and just dealing with just little things constantly whereas similar situation like when she just had her and a business partner and two other people life was a little bit better and a little bit less stressful and but they were still turning over just as much profit yeah so I definitely think there's a lesson in there that um bigger doesn't always mean better right no agree 100%. Having a newborn, just that alone, that in itself is so, it's such a big life stage and a big season for you to go through, let alone to do that without, you know, the support of family and friends. Oh man, I do feel for you. I feel like I have to do a big shout out to Lisa. Yes. Because she was my everything. And she helped you like stay afloat. Oh my gosh, she just pulled me out of the deep and dark moments and I don't think she'll ever realise how dark it was. You know what? Lisa is, just a special shout out for you, Lisa. Lisa (laughs) is, she is fantastic at being your biggest cheerleader. Oh my god. And yes. pushing you when you don't feel like you can go any further or that you don't feel like you can do it. She she kind of she's really really good at that. I think it's a special talent that she has. I um, agree 100%. That's so how did you and Lisa meet? So we met at a L'Oreal conference right. in Byron Bay and that's I was pregnant. With Maya? Yeah. <gasps> so it was just before, like probably the start of when I just fell pregnant. And how long have you and George been together? Just under 10 years. Um, wow, that's a long time. Like I haven't even nine, been with Ryan eight for that years, long. Nine, eight years. Yeah. And were you trying for a baby for a while? 
We were. Yeah. Um, so George and I met in eHarmony. I love that. We are the eHarmony. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I met Ryan through Instagram. I feel oh, like my God. Did it, you? I did not know that. Yeah. Like, Well, I met him. There was a sliding door moment where we literally crossed paths in the street. But if I hadn't already spoken to him on Instagram, I would have kept walking. But because we had that little Insta uh, interaction on Insta, we both recognised each other. Yeah, but everybody, if it's not Tinder, it's Facebook, or if it's um, Bumble, whatever. I love email, that's nice. Okay, so yes, um, we George proposed to me six months after we got together. Amazing. Uh, we're married within a year because we both realised my – I have endometriosis. Yes. And we both realised my clock was ticking. Yep. He was ready, I was ready. So in the midst of it all, we decided to do like a pre-IVF. We got everything checked yep. and we just went for it. Um, we probably – Three years trying, four years, I don't know. I don't even remember Was anymore. this all IVF or just trying naturally? No, it's the, you know, the pre-injections that you take. It's like Clomid? Yeah, like that. To yeah, kind of help you, you have produce to go more see eggs? Doc- yes. Yes. So have- you have to see the doctor every week. You get yes. your little bag. Yes. He would get the little cooler bag and yep. walk home with it for me. We'd inject. And in the midst of all that, we renovated our home, like full knockdown, oh, nearly. Knockdown and rebuild almost? Yeah, and, our, you know, gorgeous friends were going to America yep. and we decided we needed to be away from everyone to really put our heart and soul into trying to fall pregnant Yes, um, and we rented their property in Alwood so which is like an hour away so well, south side north side is like beach side and north side and we're like yeah, yeah we're going to try this well it was just harder because I was, gonna say you just I was made like I life. don't know what I was thinking the hormones must have already kicked in because god help us again I don't know how we made it <laughs> I am about to embark on a full renovation of our house oh God, and I am fucking nervous. <laughs> well, I don't know how you're going to do it with three kids, babe. Uh, uh, no, we're going to – we have to move out. Um, okay, good. Even that, I, I'm like, I need to find a short-term rental. But, like, when am I going to go and look at rental properties? <laughs> I don't have a spare second to scratch my ass. Like, I, 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 And then in the rental market in Sydney is so competitive. I was like – and then, of course, if we're putting in an application for six months, they're not going to pick us over someone who wants a rental property for a year or two. Um, so we're going to do a call out right now. We yes. need a rental. <laughs> Does anybody have a house in the Shire? It needs to be in the Shire because I need to be able the to get Shire, the kids to school. Come on. You know, four months, potentially a bit longer. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to put something on my Instagram. You have to. Fuck it. What can't hurt, right? But we did a small renovation at our old house in Bangor. Small in I think comparison. I it. Yeah, in comparison to what we're about to do at Alpha. Point and Ryan and I almost did not survive. Some of the biggest fights we've ever had are when we renovate. Not through, not with kids, not with anything. It's just renovating. I don't know what it is. It's the money. It's everything. It's the pressure. It's the time. It is. It's because I am like, let's do this and let's do this. And he is very like, this is our budget and you cannot go a dollar over. Oh my God. So I would love to talk to you about endometriosis. I know that you have been on a little bit of a health journey recently yourself. Yes. Are you okay to talk about that? Yes, I am. The reason why I would love to really deep dive into this is because I've actually always been told I've got endometriosis. Okay. But... It's suspected. Suspected, sorry. Uh-huh. Suspected yep. by doctors. Yeah. Heavy periods. Really heavy periods, really a lot of pain. Um, Can I, I be frank? Yeah, please. When I watch your stories around that time of the month, yep. a lot of what you already have, I, I get triggered by it because I'm like, 
this is endo for sure. Like I'm not a doctor, don't ever say that I am, but like I've lived with the disease in my body since I was 14, probably prior, like as soon as they say it can start from then, but diagnosed 16 for, you know, with a wanting to take it all out with a hysterectomy. Yeah. Because, you know, cancer back then was a big scare and they're like, that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 43 in March. and God, you look good. Oh, my God, you're not. You're so hot. Stop it. Stop that. You are. <laughs> We're on hormones right I now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, 20-plus years of suffering and I can understand everything and look back and go, fuck, I wish I'd changed things from then. I'm so glad I didn't get a hysterectomy, first of all. Yep. But... Yeah, it's. I look at your cycle and I'm like, she needs help. Yeah, I, and I have actually been to a few different. I've been to like women's health people, and obviously I've been to a GP. I'm going to tell you what my cycle is like, and you can yeah. be like, this is what very similar to mine. So my uh, my hormones are crazy in the lead up, and then I usually will start, and then the first three days I am I am so heavy. I'm clotting. Mm-hmm. I I'm going through a, a super tampon and a pad every hour. Yeah, that's um, that's that's me. The bloating is wild. Like I'm two dress sizes up. <laughs> My lower back kills. The cramps are really bad. But what I notice is um, I have this heaviness, and this has actually definitely gotten a lot worse since having children. But I get. A incredible heaviness in my vagina, yeah, and it's almost painful for me to stand for yep. long periods of and time. You get these pains in your legs, pains down my legs. When I this is really weird, but um, when I need to do a number two, yep. sharp pains. Uh, it's like I'm having contractions. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, am I not allowed to? Swear You're allowed to swear. You can say whatever you like on here. Um, yeah. So, how did you get? Um, diagnosed with it at 16? So I think it was, I went and had an ultra, I can't remember that far ago how I've seen that many doctors. Mm -hmm. But I have to say that if it wasn't for my mum always making sure we had good medical practitioners in our lives and paying the extra, because we, you know, back then, who could afford a specialist? Who could afford really good doctors? Mm -hmm. You know, and I do always think Thank God my mum had me in that mindset yep. to always look after myself down there. Absolutely. You know, and she's always been my number one stand up for me in hospitals when people wouldn't say, like, my daughter is strong. She yes. wouldn't be here unless she was not well. I love her. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's, it's, I never forget those she's moments. She's a big advocate for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and women with endo. Yeah, yeah. Because she's telling these doctors, there's something wrong with my daughter. Don't yep. just tell her she's got nothing wrong with her. I used to have days off school when my periods would arrive. and Look, because I wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah, I well, just had to get up and go and it was always embarrassing. And I always just thought like, oh, this is just what periods are like and this is this is just what I have to live with for the yeah, rest of my I life. too. So what was the turning point for you? Like was a G- did a GP finally take you seriously or? Yeah, so it's weird. So it took me until two years ago to have a GP that I really connected with. Like yeah. I've had lots of fabulous gynos over the years, um, great obstetrician, but the GP that sat me down and his name is Dr. Silverstone, he's in Brun- Brunswick, he just had me hysterical. Oh. He pulled out a anatomy of a woman's body, mm-hmm. pulled it all apart and started showing me where all my... Ind- he took all my files and literally read out everything I'd been through in the last 20 years 
my 10 plus surgeries, laparoscopies, colonoscopies, gastroscopies, endoscopies, mm. all the things, yeah, um, cancer scares, like scrapes. And he put it all together and showed me where it was in my body. He said, I don't know how you stand every day. Oh, my gosh. Because I've also chosen no um, medication the whole time. So I just use Nurofen. Just like Nurofen. Is Nurofen the only thing that works for yep. you? And now I realise... Because it's anti-inflammatory. Inflammatory, yeah. Because now I haven't got – I've had a hysterectomy. Yes. And now I don't have it. I was like, oh, my God, it makes me feel sick now when I take it. I don't yep. know what to do anymore when I'm having hormonal moments. Well, that was my next question. My mum actually had a hysterectomy as well. She had cervical cancer and she had the operation to remove it oh, and gosh, it wasn't all yeah. removed. So she had – a hysterectomy and then they wanted to put her on hormone replacements and she said no. Yeah. Are you on hormone replacements? Yes, I am. So I'm going to go to Dr. Silverstone and yeah. what he suggested. Yes. So he went through all the options yep. of what I could do to fix it. But yep. the main thing that I probably wanted to mention is that I was had a horrible pregnancy with yeah. Maya and I just wanted to have the most beautiful pregnancy. I was yep. so blessed to have her. And I was like, I just want to feel you good. Wanna, you want to be, like, so happy about People it. People would come and stand next to me. I'd want to vomit. Yeah. George would be like, yeah. what is wrong with your smell? I would order four meals You're from a Uber Eats. Yeah. And he'd have to eat them all. Yeah. He became bigger than me by the time I gave birth. <laughs> That's what most husbands do. <laughs> yeah. But it's what he said to me, Dr. <clears throat> Service. He said the same hormones that were growing Maya was growing your endo, mm. your your abdometriosis, fibrosis, everything in me was growing. So she really had not a lot of room in there to move. Oh and that's gosh. why I was so sick all the time. Oh, my God. So, so you had a hellish pregnancy. Women who are sick after having endo, you're yeah. probably thinking back now mm-hmm. going, how was I feeling through those mm. moments? There's oh, reasons well, why. Well, I... I mean, I don't know if I'm having a weird light bulb moment, but I struggled incredibly through all of my pregnancies. And my mum was like, I love being pregnant. I loved it. It was the most magical time. So I've gone into it being like, wow, I'm about to get pregnant. Like when I found out I was pregnant with Charlie, I was like, can't wait to be like a glowing goddess. And it was anything but that. I had a heinous time. And I was like, I'm... You know, I am very lucky and I feel incredibly privileged to be able to carry a child and fall pregnant naturally, but I also hate this. Like, I I hear you. I hear you. So unwell every single day, I would get up and I'd be like, How am I going to get through till 7 p.m.? Like, it was like a mental ticker thing for me. Every single pregnancy, I struggled. I agree. And yeah. I, and yet, I've but I've only these, had one. <laughs> yeah, but I've got these people who love being pregnant. I was like, what was wrong with me? Am I just I get a jealous massive of, pussy? I get really je- jealous of yeah. those people. But no, you weren't. It was. Um, it was like everything I'd ever been through in life. Only two and a half years ago was put into. This is real. Yeah. It was always just like, oh, get on with it, get over it. From you know, bosses to, you know, I would drag my ovaries on the ground to come to work. I'd be standing there. My legs would be shaking. I'd be pouring out with blood, blood clots, probably on their ground. And I'd be doing people's hair going, oh, my God, I love you, like giving them everything to the point where now I have nothing left to give. You want to have a nap in the corner? (laughs) Have a nap. I will let it go. I can hold this podcast until you wake up. (laughs) I could not... I couldn't even fathom being a hairdresser and being on my feet when my period arrives. I am 
I've got to be on a 90-degree angle. I've got to be seated, seated or lying <laughs> down. Like I, It's probably uh, one of the driving forces of opening my own business. Yeah? Because I just didn't want to have to tell people why I couldn't be there or why I couldn't turn up. You needed to have like those... Those days, moments, yeah, or where I just didn't have to explain to a boss why I couldn't, you know, do what they were expecting on their KPIs for that day. Oh God! And you know what? I feel like if you did have your own customers and stuff and your own clients, predominantly they are probably women, and I'm sure that everybody understood. They're amazing, and I've chosen who is accepting of it, you know, and it was just beautiful to then have Dr. Silverstone give me my options, recommend me to Melissa Cameron at the Epworth Women's. Yep. And she sat me down and she said, you have two options. You get a marina put in, which will come out pretty mm. much in a day with the amount of blood that you lose. Yep. She goes, or you go away and think about this. And I'm about to go through this with you, which was a hysterectomy. And she mm. didn't let me come back for three months. Oh, okay. She wanted me to really, really. accept it and, and understand some... it and cry and work because you're not just letting go of – you're not just taking your ovaries out or your uterus. You're letting go of every option you're ever going to have to have another child. Yes. You know, I might cry, sorry. Oh, don't. But I am okay with it. But yeah. I had to also make sure George was okay with it. Yeah. And everyone around me was okay with it, even yeah. though it's about me. <laughs> oh, but that's – I mean, that's a beautiful trait. You know, right? and thinking of others, and it's hard. Of course, it is. It is hard. And is it? Is it? Were you after you had Maya? Like, did you? Obviously, you had a quite a hard pregnancy with her, and then had you had like a clean out of endometriosis before you fell pregnant with her? We did um, prior. Oh God, I feel like it's all blurred together. Yeah. Like when we got married, I had a clean out to try and help us to get there and I feel like I had another one I'd have to ask George or look on my (laughs) I feel like I did but I was in hospital all I feel like all I ever did was go to hospital oh my gosh that sounds horrific but what in and out was it because your pain was so bad and I was so vitamin my just vitamin yeah I was getting iron infusions Mm. all the time like some days I was just yeah it was, was hard. Were your periods irregular or quite regular? No, very regular. Like yeah. clockwork, every – I'd have five full days of bleeding. Yep. Another three just random. Like I would have a, a suitcase and we'd go away half full of clothes for a two sizes up and then two sizes down. <laughs> your period clothes. Yeah, because I never knew when it was going to happen either, yeah. especially travelling. And who wants to deal with that? I have my period clothes and I've also got my period undies. My period undies are so big. They're like, they honestly look like big bees undies. But they're so comfortable. I threw them all away the other day. Oh, did that feel good? It was good. I Was it a bittersweet moment? Yeah, I kept one. I kept through all of them. (laughs) Listen, I would probably keep all of them because they're so comfortable, right? (laughs) But you're not the only person who said I would suspect that you have endometriosis. Is the only way to 100% confirm that there is endometriosis. Is that through laparoscopic surgery? No. You can have an ultrasound? Yeah, but an ultras- a specialist has to do it. Yeah. So I didn't realise this for many years and I yep. was paying the full price, $500 plus for this ultrasound. It's a specialised ultrasound. Yeah. Um, and if you request an endo or your GP requests or your specialist requests a endometriosis scan, whatever they are called, you will then be able to see it better and they can read it and then they tell your gyno or or your gyno. gyno. Yeah. So that is where you, like it 
where it starts. The thing with endometriosis, there is no it's cure, a, is it? No, it's a suspected, though, when they do it. Yes. Like, you know, I think they call it um, lesions or, yes. you know, do you have a bulky uterus? Is that what they call yours? A bulky, yes. Um, <laughs> I have never had an endometriosis scan. Oh. I've just had my GP. My mum, love her to bits, but she was always like, Nurofen Panadol, off you go. You My deal with was it, the same. right? Like yeah, yeah. you can just get on with it, like yeah. And because that's how they were raised. That's exactly right. Yeah, they don't know any different. Mate, my mum sent me to school consistently every single day um, with glandular fever <laughs> until I fell asleep in mass class oh, and then ended darling. up in hospital for six weeks. Yeah, because again, I'm trying hard not to do that. To yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because again, right? Like it's like one of these things where you can't see it. You can't see it, and same with glandular fever. You couldn't see it. It was just like me being like, I'm so tired, and I just look like a lazy turd, but I'm actually struggling with glandular oh, fever. Darling. And same with, you know, even my husband. He, I get my periods, and he's like, oh, you're right? You're right on the lounge there? And I'm like, do you want to fucking die? Like, <laughs> every month we have blow-ups, right? Um, yeah, of course. But I think the thing is, in my head, I'm kind of like, if I, let's say I go and get the scan and it's showing up bulky uterus and lesions and whatnot, and then I go and have surgery to kind of have a, a proper look, and if there is there, they'll do a big scrape out and what. Aside from that, is it kind of having clean outs or a hysterectomy to get rid of it? Well, the big bomb is a mm. hysterectomy will never get rid of endo. <gasps> Wait, so yours could come back? Yeah. So next Friday I'm having a scan for that to make sure that it's not spreading. So after the hysterectomy, so go forward a year and a half to two years, I think, since I met Dr. Silverstone, Mm -hmm. then Melissa. So three months in, then George chatted with Melissa, asked all his questions. And then I think three months later, we were booked in. I had to make sure the business could handle it because I was away for eight weeks. I was going to say, is that... um, really hard surgery to recover from. Yeah. And I was I would say I was pretty fit in yeah. comparison to a lot of women who've had it done. Yep. It changes like it I've had a cesarean. I, I've had that surgery and I was like, oh I think that was the hardest part. People were like, oh it's just like a cesarean, you'll be right. Mm. It's nothing like a cesarean. You don't have the child at the end to get mm-hmm. you through, first of all. And then they're cutting through the same bits that they've already cut through and then they're taking something out of you. And not putting anything back. Nothing. So everything's collapsing in there, your bladder, it's all like moving around. Yep. With big cuts and Mm -hmm. yeah it's all fun up in there (laughs) I remember I distinctly remember when my mum had one I remember her recovery and I remember obviously she was in bed for a couple of weeks and but I remember her being really sad Mm -hmm. and she I remember she said to me like I've I'm no longer a woman. And I was like, well, I mean, you are. But she's like, all my internal parts that make me female are gone. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. And I mean, I understand that. I just actually felt her pain right then because there was a moment where Maya walked into the toilet and I was changing. She was just staring at my underwear. And I was like, what? Like, this is my three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Maya, what's wrong, darling? She goes, mommy, where's the blood? And it was a moment that I was just like, oh never gonna we're never gonna share that moment again mm. like ever when's your blood coming mummy <laughs> i mean <laughs> like, i have an audience I know every no thing. it's not i i know but it was like that slap across the face moment of i've lost my womanhood with her 
But mm. I then I flipped to myself and I said, but I will share it in her moments. Yeah, yeah, you will. I will not photograph her, though, with her pad all around Australia. <laughs> you remember that story? Bing, bing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so good. I will quickly tell the listeners so they know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I was on a plane and I was, I would left Alice Springs and we were arriving in Cairns and I remember I went to the, to- I felt something in my pants and I went to the toilet on the plane and there was this like brown mucky stuff and I, I was like, oh God, if I, is that a skid mark? I didn't realise what had happened and didn't say anything, got to the airport and then we were on our way driving out to the rainforest of all places and I just felt this stuff coming out and I said, I, can we, I need a toilet, like can we stop at a petrol station or whatever and I went into the toilet and it, it, it was my period. It had hit. I must have been 13 and it was a murder scene in my pants <laughs> and I was like, Mom and I, she came in and she went out and <laughs> she came in. She got me some pads. She put some toilet paper there and then got I got some pads. And then my dad was like, "Boys, boys, huddle round, huddle round." And we all huddled round. It's so corny. And then he goes, "Today, your sister has become a woman." Oh, I was like, "What the like, fuck what, was I before? What were you? What was I? Well, I was just a child in his eyes." And then I have. The photo with oh me God. and my brothers. I, I'm pretty sure I burnt it, just in case anyone got a hold of it. And it's yeah, I am holding the packet of pads on display like a small trophy. And I look like a boy with like these like puffy little nipples and all my puppy fat. And, oh, it's atrocious. But anyway, yeah, you can do that moment for your daughter. <laughs> My boys, um, they like to watch me every single time. Oh, I have no privacy in my house. There's no locks on any doors. And so often on my monthly bleeds, I have an audience when I'm changing a tampon. Oh, God, babe. And they're like, what? what is going on? And I'm just like, guys, no. you, don't, you don't need to see this. Mummy's got her period. And I'm trying to explain to a four-year-old and it's just going in one ear and out the other. Oh, so wait, the silver lining is that you now no longer get any... <gasps> Any period. Do you know, after we had the hysterectomy, I say we because if it wasn't for George backing Ooh. me with Maya, it was really hard. Like my gyno explained to me things like to have a, a, a pillow made, yeah. you know, and girlfriends bought those pillows to the salon for me. So when Maya hugged me, she wasn't because she would want to hug me. Like yeah. she thought that far ahead for us, like her Ooh. nurse her and her, like she was amazing. She was thorough. Yeah. But she also said this is a full body disease. Yeah. There's, you know, suspected that it's in, like, areas like my nose, my, really? yeah, my hips, my lungs. They could, it could be everywhere. Like, you just have to go with it, yeah? See, I've never, I've never heard that before. I, I, obviously, I know um, endometriosis is usually in the cervix and around your ovaries and stuff. I've never heard that you can get it in your nose. Yeah. And it makes sense why it happened to me in my nose, which they call it a nodule. Yeah. Um, so what happened, and I didn't know any, I didn't put two and two together till I spoke to my gyno about it mm-hmm. and my GP. And they said, yeah, probably was because when I was pregnant with May, I was just walking in David Jones up the, going oh up God, the escalators. Oh, your nose bleed. I didn't even <gasps> know it was bleeding. It was oh. clots though. But wait, I just pouring out oh. onto my white T-shirt while I'm eating with a big fat belly. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like blood everywhere. I didn't even know. Oh, my God. Because I, 
in my pregnancy with Charlie, every day my nose would bleed. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You need to go and see someone. So To the point where, like, I remember I used to get on the bus and at some points I wasn't even showing and I was like, I am sure people think that I'm some sort of, like, coke addict, yes. some street junkie or something <laughs> that's jumped on the bus and he's George having a nosebleed. He's going to go, no way, these two. Oh, my gosh. And I just thought that was a symptom of pregnancy. Yeah, so did I. Well, I didn't know what it was. I was like, never had a blood nose in my life. All of a sudden I'm got Neither a blood. Have I. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine I go and have my ultrasound. They're like, you have endometriosis everywhere. Are you a bit scared to have it done because of that? I'm not scared. I would rather... Are you a, I need to know so I can plan and get things done or are you a I don't have time Bury for that Bury my head right in now. the sand. Yep. No, I, I know too many bury their heads in the sand people and I don't want to be that person. I would love to have that scan so I can get on the front foot about it. Yeah, I think it would be great and liberating yeah. for you too. And yeah. it will answer a lot of things. Oh, my God. Because I, you just feel alone sometimes. You know what I feel like? I feel like I've been made to feel like a bit of a whinger. Um, I've been made to feel like, oh, I'm carrying on. Yeah. And I'm... I hate that. I hate it as well because I personally feel like I'm a pretty tough cookie and I get on with a lot of things, majority of things that get thrown at me and, you know, I recovery from recover from birth and injuries and stuff. But, like, my period floors me. For, like, the first two, three days, I'm Yep, I'm I, I was battling. like that too, 100%. And mm. so fast forward, had hysterectomy... The last four months, getting back to packing. So we decided, I went back to work and after eight weeks, we would go on a family holiday. Nice. We went to Exmouth. And can I tell you, I have never been so excited to pack a suitcase so lightly in my life. <laughs> Firstly, you didn't have to take anything. No period it is not yep. a culinary destination, let me tell you. Okay. And I loved that. I yeah. actually loved it. But no period stuff, no anything. I stayed the same size the whole time. Even in the heat, I was like, who am I? So, like, there's no body fluctuations. What about hormones? Like, what's your mood so, like? So everything was fine. Fast forward to December and I was crazy at work. It was hectic. Of course. We were, we were all ramped up yep. at that time. And I started feeling like hormonal, like my hot flushes are probably really yep. next level. Yeah. And the smell that you get, yeah. I, I don't like smells. Like, yeah, I'm a non-smell person as yes. well. Like, yeah, I don't like to smell myself ever. Yeah, yeah. So um, the smell. Get to it was my mum's birthday. We're all away, and I was. It felt like my neck couldn't come. Was going to fall off my body. Sore. Yeah. So what had happened? My hormones had kicked in so much that I was in full blown menopause. I had aches, joint pains, my bones were brittle, heart palpitations, oh couldn't sleep on my left side, That's headaches. What, well, this is what I was going to ask you. It, does taking a, well, having a hysterectomy, does that push you straight into menopause? Well, yeah, normally you do. But yeah. my gyno was so, God bless her, wanted to give me the utmost chance of not heading into menopause straight, straight away. away. Only because of the endo. Yep. Try not to take HRT too much because it also can grow the endo. Yes. Yeah, it's a hormone. Yep. So you've got to remember the estrogen will start pushing it. Yep. So yeah, I feel like I've learned so much through this process no, of things and I think that it, I want to share with the world. Yeah, and I think it's so good, like sharing what you've been through and being vulnerable about it, I feel like is probably going to help so much. Like, look at me. I All of these things that you've just listed are all things that I have gone through. And I've 
never really investigated it further because I've just been made to feel like you just got to get on with it. But and I'm sorry you've gone through that. Like, it just breaks my heart. I actually get really defensive. I don't know what happened to mm. me along the way in the last few years, but I listen to even family members putting other family members down about their children. Oh, they're just a sook. Mm. That person's a sook. Yeah. And I die on the inside wanting to lose my shit at them yeah. knowing that I can't because I'll never understand mm-hmm. I've learnt this over the years yeah. we're like a special little unity of people that understand each other yeah but yeah it's it's hard I want to get that person and hug them and send them in the right direction well I think it's really nice that you are sharing your story because you put some things up on your Instagram didn't you that was very hard and yeah. I was very vulnerable yeah um, Lisa was like, I'm so proud of you. And yeah. she didn't even prompt that. I just found you did it on your own. Found it deep down inside because I was like, okay, if I don't do it now. And can I say my DMs blew up? Blew I don't up. know what that's about, but now I do. But I feel like the all it takes is one person to start a conversation, especially on a subject that is, you know, not spoken about as frequently and as often as it definitely should be and it just it literally takes one person to open up the door of conversation and then you will no wonder your dms got flooded yeah it was really a beautiful experience and you know next week i'm like oh can i be bothered going and sharing it all about the next stage and you know i'm a week into hrt oh you are so i started Started a week ago yeah um and i can tell you the ups and downs of that i woke up like with no eyes one of the mornings like i was so puffy oh no but i was like oh what's this gel gonna do and i literally was having a conversation with my other girlfriend who'd already started it and she went onto the gel and i was like what's the gel gonna do get the patch like so now i'm on the gel yeah i'm like oh this gel does a lot (laughs) so what where do you put it so I was like, that was what I said. Yeah. I was like to her, where do I put this? Am yeah. I meant to go in with yeah. it? She's like, she's like laughing at me. And she goes, no, you rip the packet open and you put it into both your hands and you rub it in your inner, like towards your yeah. vagina. Yep. Yeah. And you like the creases there. Yeah. Like just in your upper thigh. Oh. That's it. Every day? Every day. And so will you take that forever? I think because my blood's are showing that I'm in full menopause. Yeah. So, um, which was really full on because she suspected I would be, but didn't think it would happen this quickly. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget driving my mum to the station. This was after she had similar thing happened. She had her hysterectomy and it pushed her straight into menopause, but like intense menopause. How did she go without hormone replacement? I don't know. She made the decision. Well, sorry, she didn't make the decision. It was made for her. They hadn't cleaned up all the cancer in her cervix. So they just were like, let's just get rid of it. Safest bet. And her recovery was brutal. And she was really sad for some time. And then when the menopause hit, she was was a crazy woman. Like she was crazy. And you just had to take her with a grain of salt. (laughs) I remember driving to the train station with her one day and I was driving in the middle of winter and it was freezing and she was like open all the windows and she was removing her jacket (laughs) she'd taken her shirt off I was like please god not the bra don't take the bra (laughs) off like she just and she was just sitting there so her hair was slicked to her face and she was absolutely oozing sweat and I was like sitting there with my heat warmer on I was freezing cold and I was like what is going on (laughs) anyway she 
she it was a it was a period and I mean we all go through it as women Look, she obviously my poor there. husband at night time I sometimes wonder if he has a doodle anymore because it's that cold it's probably gone back up in him and he tries to do what Ryan does you know with the whole making everything logistic you have to yeah. do it this way he's like I don't understand why it needs to be so cold in here I can't fucking breathe mate I actually feel like I am suffocating <laughs> I can't explain it anymore. So you've than got that. the aircon on eleven and degrees, and then he still is like, "Yes, but the room is set to this. So if you go any colder, it's only it's not." And I don't, I don't give a fuck. It You're makes like, me feel better. I need to live in an igloo <laughs> for the next couple of months. Okay, George, <laughs> don't look at the electricity bill. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I am not looking forward to no, menopause. But look, but and going back to what I would share, I think I want to share about what that journey is on HRT because we didn't start it straight away because there's always a breast cancer risk when you have a hysterectomy. Your hormones flood everywhere. So then they test you for that, especially being young. Yes. Do they test to make sure you don't have the BRCA gene? Yeah. Because it does surge everything straight away. Yes. Yeah, and then they test you everywhere pretty much for cancer. Well, that's Because you're just walking around like a big cancer. <laughs> yeah, but that's so good. Like, you must feel good. I that- think when she came in and, you know, she was just so caring all the time mm-hmm. and even delivering that information, I don't think anyone can ever understand when you're waiting for results oh. and it's a, a tr- you know, like it's a cancer wait. Yeah. How you feel in those moments and endo women would be there a lot. Yeah. And we're just, bah, brush it off. Yep. So you've gotten that news and she was like, you're all okay for I'm now? I'm all okay for now. So last week we went through all my um, checkups, my six-monthly checkup. She got me onto HRT because she could see I was literally, I couldn't, I was vertigo, vomiting. Oh. It was like I was pregnant again, but worse. Yeah. Fast forward, I'm feeling great. Next Friday we'll have my scan to make see if any endos come back because yep. I have been having the feelings again. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Is this my period? Am I having, like, moments? Um, yeah, so it, it can happen. And so, if it does, I don't know the next stage what we'd do because um, I don't really want to just keep getting... Clean outs and no, scrapes and I've all that kind so of stuff. I've had so many and I've got so much scar tissue now. Yeah, so, yeah, it would say. be a whole nother... Let's sit down and navigate through this. I'll definitely check in with you because I'd love to know, like, what she would recommend moving forward. Like, let's say your endo has come back. Like, are there options after that? Yeah, there are, there's lots of options. I um, I don't know if you follow the endo runner. No. She's a really gorgeous She's a runner. Woman. Yeah. With endo. Yeah. Wow. And she's amazing. She's had a hysterectomy too uh-huh. and she still has things happening and she's amazing to follow Mm -hmm. endometriosis australia they are so fabulous yeah but yeah i just i really want you to go get checked out as well yeah i would love to my last conversation was about periods i actually went and saw a naturopath as well just to try and help with the hormones yep i had one too um the last uh, GP visit I had, I also had my bloods done and I had an iron transfusion because I'm low on iron all the time now. Um, and she was kind of like, we can investigate it further, try and do, I, I mentioned that I was getting this big screening with the naturopath and stuff. I, I actually feel like I'm going to have to be the one that pushes her yep. and prompts her. And I, I almost have to go in there and be like, hey, this is what I want. I want a ultrasound, like an endometriosis ultrasound. I want to go to the next step to kind of see what's going on inside. 
Wow. Yeah, I think you need to push for that. Yeah. Would you recommend going to like a gynecologist? Yes. Because I specialising in women's health, uh, not special, uh, specialising endo yes. and abdo. Because I feel like you have it on your bowel and your stomach. Yeah. I feel like you have inspired me to do some further digging. I'm a part of this group called the Modern Marketing Collective with Emily Osmond. Yep. And in that is two women from Sydney that specialise in women's health. Mm-hmm. So I'll flip you some. I'll flip you. Flip me. <laughs> just flip me off. Yeah. You'll flip me there. Yeah, I'll I'll reach out and see if they know anyone as well because they are fabulous humans. If they could, yeah, I'd love to get even a recommendation in Sydney for somebody who specialises in that. That would be... I think that's the the start. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, I am incredibly grateful for you for not only one flying up here but two for being so open and vulnerable and sharing your story with us you have absolutely inspired me I don't even know I don't know if inspired is the right word you've absolutely put a rocket up my butt and I do (laughs) I really do want to do some deep diving and investigate further because it's it's not a great way to live to be honest like just just, when he did the stats mm -hmm. my doctor on how many days I was suffering Mm-hmm. It outweighed the good days. Oh, really? So just maybe start writing things down. And I'd, I'd actually documented in a app for three three years. Oh, wow. And it did show the same thing he said. But I, I just hadn't seen it. Yeah. I just was getting on with it. And I feel like there must be so many women out there who do the same thing. Yeah, they just like push it down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like this episode alone is going to be so (laughs) helpful or just even educational for other women who, like me, potentially going through some stuff and haven't really acknowledged or realised that maybe there are bigger things at play here and things that we can, you know, try and jump on the front foot and be on top of and whatnot. As a woman, just uh, start living again. Yeah, absolutely. Not just (laughs) part-time. <laughs> I am. I'm, part, I'm like. I'm really fucking good two weeks of the month, and yeah. then I'm not so yeah. good. And it's sad, isn't it? It that is that's sad. What, half the year we are yes. not living. Yeah. Imagine what we could get done with that rest. When you look at it like that, that is quite depressing. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, my gorgeous. You're you, amazing. Thank, thank you so much. I want to thank much. you for inviting no. me on this and allowing me and giving me that energy to be so open because I probably wouldn't share it with just everyone. So thank you. I do like to really get in there and open people up. Wow, that that looked inappropriate what I was doing with my hands there. We've had open moments today, haven't we? I love you and I am so grateful that you you are here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'll put Sarah's handle down. If you're in Melbourne, I'm going to put her shop down. If you're looking for a new hairdresser or if you're a senior colourist and you want a job, I'm going to put all her details in the show notes and... You can have a chat. You can slide into her DMs if you feel like you want to chat to a lovely, lovely, beautiful woman. Bye-bye. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. 
Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.